So much has happened since yesterday, which is crazy, but I chatted with you guys and then I went to group, which was pretty, I mean, it was pretty good. I I woke up thinking about when, when is that point when the switch gets flipped? And it's different for everyone, but that that true like, this is gonna work this time. This recovery stuff's gonna work. I'm gonna really stay quitted. When does that switch get flipped? And I'm asking because there were some new folks in group yesterday, so that was pretty pretty evident. You know, someone with one day, someone with a week, and then there's the spectrum, right? Anybody else? It could be a few weeks all the way up to a few years. And and the conversation's usually pretty good that way. And the people who have had a little more clean time almost always cheerlead for the new guy, right? And and let him know. And it's it's just interesting to me to take to sit back and like take notice of like, okay, when does this kick in? Why does this kick in? I sit here and tell you all the things that worked for me to get to stay on track, I guess, because I wasn't necessarily doing this stuff to to quit in the beginning. I did once I went to treatment. I did meditation and self-care and therapy and, you know, constant GA meetings and all those things. But that wasn't anything to do with what actually shifted my mind. And I knew... I was just buried and I had to yell mercy. I knew that it wasn't the way it was supposed to be, but so many of us get to that point and it doesn't mean we quit and stay quit. So that's just what I'm pondering. And I guess that kind of showed up for me as well because I remember telling you a while back about uh, someone that was struggling with drugs and he had reached out to me on quite a few day ones and was a big part of my year last year being a resource for him and and chatting with him and trying to hold him accountable and he's been he's been MIA for a while at least from me and he started reaching out again this week and yesterday was day one and he was driving to one of his friend's funerals and the friend OD'd at 27. And I don't know if that's what's flipping his switch, honestly, or if he just is tired of the same circles and the feeling bad. The crazy thing is, this is one of, it's it's funny. He said it to me. He goes, Bobby, you know how there's those people you just think it can't happen to them? That's how I feel about this kid is he's freaking brilliant. He has a personality larger than life and he's just a good, good, I call him kid. He's in his 30s, but young guy and 
he knows that the drugs destroy his life. He he knows it's not a good fit. And and he goes through these circles. And um so hopefully today's day two. Our new rule is he has to call me on the phone instead of just texting me. So we'll see how that goes. And I love it. I'll share with you guys. The reason why we switched to the phone, I thought was interesting. It was on his end, and I want you to take this as as something, maybe a strategy you can incorporate. I said, why are we doing the phone? And he said, well, I want to get used to calling people so that if he's having an urge or craving, he's, he's already accommodated, acclimated, there's the word, to picking up the phone as a resource. And because it's something different. And those are those are great reasons, and I'm happy to take those calls. And uh, he he's done some other drastic things, and I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. You know, he canceled internet, and um, he's just trying to remove any trigger that's been in his life. And I respect him for you know making the moves and trying to jump in, and I'll keep you posted on his progress. I know. He's so capable, and I I know he deserves his sobriety. I mean, everybody deserves their sobriety, really. I just hope that we can get a little further along. Quite honestly, I would love, like he, I I would love for him to be on the board of the nonprofit side of Three Two One. No kidding, like I want him to be either the CFO or on the board. He's just. He's that bright and he gets it. So hopefully that'll work out the way that's supposed to work out. All right. I told you a lot of stuff happened. And then this morning, well, last night I for whatever reason, I had an I had a really productive and good day yesterday. I went to go see one of my other friends that has been not feeling well and that was a good visit. And then I came home and I I worked until like after nine last night. I was so proud of myself and did so good. But then I got a little derailed. I couldn't fall asleep. I went to bed. Like I went physically to my bed, which I've been trying to do better instead of sleeping on the couch. I read some of a book. I laid down and then I put my meditation on. And about an hour and a half in the meditation, I gave up. I was like, oh, I should be sleeping by now. So I moved to the back to the couch and... Um, just couldn't fall asleep. I mean, it took melatonin and did all the things, and I was awake till after four. So when I rolled over and my watch said it was ten thirty, like I can't even remember sleeping during these kind of morning hours the last time. And the other thing I thought was interesting was I woke up and. I I started microwaving my coffee and then I went and I washed the bathroom floor before I even like woke up. And this combination, I guess, of just going too quick gave me a headache. And I had to go look for the aspirin. And earlier this week when I was with my friend, he had asked for aspirin and I didn't have any on me. I stopped even traveling with it. And I started reflecting back on the fact that I don't take aspirin all the time anymore or ibuprofen or whatever. But I don't have the headaches. I don't have the need. And I'm very grateful for this realization. It was I'm glad that I had the realization and I'm glad that I don't need it. And 
I believe, I mean, in addition to changing my habits, but when I was at an old coworker's house the other day, she was telling me about some breathing issues she was having and some different things. And I do think it has to do with not being in that building I used to work in, even though it's brand new. It was, there wasn't a lot of circulation. So that's my, my belief that there's a correlation there. So between the habits and changing my environment, but it's so funny how I don't take the time to recognize when I feel good. And, uh, I'm just trying to do that. And if you guys can think of something, you know, that, that feels good, maybe it's not a ache when you go up the stairs or get up, or maybe you're taking less aspirin or some other kind of relief. It's just really take notice. I I don't know how long it's been since I took aspirin. And, uh, I think that's a pretty, pretty interesting milestone. And then finally, the last thing that happened, uh, just before I jumped on here. Now, I still totally adore my ex-husband. He is a wonderful man. And we're not really allowed to speak too often because his new wife just doesn't like that idea. And I don't think it's about me. I think it's about maybe some of her past relationships and whatever. Um, I care about him, so I'll support that and basically call when she's not around. So I generally, when I'm on a road trip, for example... It tends to be when he pops into my head. So I tried calling him on my way out of town last week and then on the way back uh, because I was driving through, there's this place called Cheektowaga and it's out by Buffalo, New York. And back when he was driving for Price Chopper, uh, it, it just was, it was one of the runs he went to and it was just a fun, fun word to say, Cheektowaga. So when I even after we split up and I worked for FTD, we would talk about when I was staying out in Cheektowaga because it was part of my territory. Anyway, so that's usually what makes me think of him is when I drive through there. And I really, there's another point of reflection, guys. And, and the voices in our heads and what they do to us. So I didn't get him on the way out and I left him a voice message And then I tried on the way back and then there was like a signal thing and I don't know if he picked up or he didn't. So what do the voices in my head say? Oh, geez. Like, is he not talking to me anymore? Like, what the hell? Um, Okay, maybe Mary Ellen's around, you know, like whatever the things were. And I made it all about me. And waking up late this morning, I see a text from him and his best friend had passed away and come to find out that him, his wife and this whole circle of friends all got COVID. And he actually said the date that he got diagnosed is the same day as his mom's birthday. Um, And, and here he is, you know, baffled and, and, and why, you know, they're not, they're not old people they're not unwell people and um it it impacted them and it just it sucks it really it really sucks so my heart is hurting for all of them this morning and my other reflection on this is 
at least this is how I've been. And I don't know if you guys are feeling this way, but now that the vaccine's out, that seems to be the focus of the conversation. And I've been pretty sheltered from from COVID in the sense of I'm not in the medical industry. I'm not, I'm not on the front lines. I kind of hide in my apartment and I've been kind of sheltered. And then when people I know are sick or in the hospital or whatever, like all those anxiety feelings and all the stress around it bubble up again. And then when people are well in our immediate circles, Maybe we don't put as much mindfulness into it, I guess. Or at least this is the way it's been for me. It's not as much of a hot topic. And then, boom, somebody you know is impacted. And I guess I just want to send some mindful healing energy out there to everybody that's impacted that just because I don't know you directly or... I don't know what's going on with you. I just want to send out like healing vibes, loving vibes and thoughts to everybody that's still just dealing with this every day. And um yeah. I I I just send a lot of love and and healing. That's really all that I can do about it. So Okay, so back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> programming of our daily readings. Uh, thank you for letting me share what was on my, my heart this morning. So from the inspirational calendar, February 14th, George Sand's quote is, There is only one happiness in life, to love and be loved. How appropriate for Valentine's Day. Hey, at any rate, guys, you're all loved. You might not know me, but I love you. We're all beautiful people. Don't forget that. All right. Martin Luther says, a mighty fortress is our God. Our higher power is there for us when we need a safe place, a place where there is only love. That fortress shields us from the dangers of the world, the thoughtless word, the unkind deed. Without judgment or criticism, our higher power loves us as we are, flaws and all. No one else can give us this kind of acceptance. No one else can bring us this kind of peace. How wonderful to be loved no matter what we do, no matter what mistakes we might make, to be loved and nurtured even when we don't love ourselves. Our higher power is there for us anytime we are in need, in the midst of a crowd, or on an empty street. Springing from the goodness in us, our higher power will never abandon us, but is in us and with us forever. We can see our higher power's grace everywhere we look, in the goodness of others, in nature, in a newborn baby, or in an older individual. Always, our higher power is there to protect, love, support, and nurture us. Today, let me give thanks for my higher power. Help me be grateful for the gifts I've been giving. Given. It all comes back to gratitude, I suppose. Being grateful that there's such a resource. And if if you still haven't figured out how to tap into your higher power, 
that's okay. That'll happen on your timetable. But this reading, this reading really gives us a reason if we haven't found our higher power or some version of it or whatever that looks like. It really gives us a reading, a, a selfish a selfish reason to find a higher power. Let's say you don't want one because it goes against everything you believe in and blah, blah, blah. And, and honestly, that's really just the anger and addiction talking most of the time from my experience. But let's say you don't need one because you don't want help and you're stronger than that and blah, blah, blah. What about being just completely selfish for a minute and take this reading literally and be like, something's going to love me unconditionally, no matter how much I screw up, no matter what I do, there's unconditional love out there. Find a higher power just for that reason, just to be, just to be selfish, just to be loved unconditionally. Like, like the calendar says, one happiness in life to love and be loved. And if you can allow yourself, and this is where it gets tricky, right? If you can allow yourself to be loved by something or someone, that's a, it, it's a snowball. It gives us a snowball of, or at least this is the way it's running through my head right now, so bear with me. Let's say you are in a place where you know it's time to quit. And mentally, not mentally, logically, you know it's time to quit. But you're still just caught in the grips and the cycles and all those things. What if we imagined that the higher power, whatever that is, just loves us unconditionally? What would that look like? This is what I think it looks like. And this is what I mean by the snowball. If we know that we can be loved unconditionally and all the things that we do or did when we're actively using could be forgiven by at least one thing, creature, spirit, whatever you want to call it. If we can imagine that it could be forgiven by one thing and that we could be loved unconditionally, that can give us the strength and the foundation Right? Okay. Okay, I'm loved. So if I'm loved, I could feel the value. Maybe I can start loving myself. Maybe I can start getting strong enough to win over the vo- the other voices in my head that keep wanting to drive me back to the bet or the thing. Like it begins a foundation where humans can't necessarily give us. It's It's just... By design, right? We're not all perfect. And and I don't know. I, I don't know that humans can love unconditionally. I feel like that's what I'm striving for. But I don't know. You know, I, I can say that. But then if someone did something really bad to someone I love or whatever... Would would I then have a condition around it? I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I could say that I could love everyone unconditionally because I don't know everything I don't know. But where I'm going with this is having a resource 
having a resource that loves you no matter what is just a good, good starting point. And it's there. It's there for every single person listening to this show. And again, guys, I am not from the school of church or or God or any of those things. And it's funny because I just continue to find myself talking about it even when it's not even in a reading and and being more and more curious and more and more connected. I don't know what it is exactly that I believe in. I just believe in the concept that there's something bigger than me. And that's really all like the 12 steps ask for. That's all that these readings are asking for is that we relinquish some of the control and power and understand that there's bigger things in motion. I'd like to think, you know, when Davey and I were just talking, he was saying that the gentleman who passed away, him and his wife were just getting ready to move to another state because they were expecting a grandbaby in the other state. And when I heard that, I got that, you know, that paying like, oh, for that poor, the poor widow, you know, is she going to still make the move? Is she going to, you know, what does that look like? Um, how stressful, and I'm sure she's not thinking, I mean, this all just happened in the last 24 hours. I'm sure she's not necessarily thinking about that with a logical mind as she grieves. But what gave me a little bit of comfort was maybe, maybe this has another purpose. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the baby needs grandmother attention full time or maybe, Maybe the kids, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the reason, but I can tell you that I did have a little conversation in my head. Like, I just, I just have to believe there is a reason. There just, there just has to be. And um, that's the only thing. Otherwise, whether it's them or anything else, we can sit there and dwell in it and really and come up with all the why me's and, and all of that, but that doesn't solve anything. So I, I'm coming to believe that believing is one of, one of the resources in my toolbox. And I hope that, I hope that everyone out there listening can find such a resource, whatever that looks like. Because especially in times like this, we, we need something. We, we need a release and a release of all that crap that we can't control. So I know it's a holiday. I should have been a little bit more bright and cheery today. But you know what? It's real. And just talking to you this morning kind of reminds me of what it was like last year in the beginning. And, and when there was so much unknown, there's still so much unknown. And it's all out of my power. And I have to just believe that it's going to get better. And that there's value in all of it. So, I love you beautiful people. I love everyone. I really do. I love you all out there. And I hope that you have or are having a wonderful Valentine's Day. 